Hey folks, welcome into the PFI College Football Show Week 12 of the college football season, uh, getting closer and closer to the end of the regular season, getting closer to some championship games, and then obviously down the stretch. I can't wait to this time next year when we're talking around 12 different teams. Michael McQuaid, delighted to be joined by Mr. Mr. Sport on Twitter at the minute, probably the biggest sports account in the North. Dara Carrig or Dara, how's the form? How you are it? Yeah. 100%. Yeah, I don't know about Mr. Sport in the North. That might go to, you know, Niblock or one of them fellas. But me, me I'll, I'll just reserve myself for Mr. Mr. Packers, maybe. And then might, might be the name that you have an awful, an awful lot that fast. Is he, is he the Packers one? Yeah. Right there. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, it's funny. Like, I mean, like, yeah, Niblock probably is. I'm actually trying to find an excuse to get Niblock on a podcast at some point. So leave that with me. Uh, for people that can't see the podcast, we have no Connell digging this week. Connell uh, got arrested for stealing loads of new carry jerseys, and he will be back at some point. Uh, he's not here. He's fine. Everything's all right. But uh, he'll be back next week. Hopefully, Connell, you're doing well, and we we, we miss you desperately. Um, what uh, what college football jersey reminds you of that carry top? Is is that like the most? That's like a that's like a that's like a USC level historic one. Like it's it's the fact that it just says carry on the front is like class in my opinion. It doesn't even say carry group. Like it's they're so good they don't even need a sponsor at this stage. Like you know that's the that's the best part about it. I was gonna thought I thought you were gonna call Tyrone like the elite level or or Armand maybe with their Florida Gator Jordan. <laughs> See. Can you hear me at the moment? Can't hear me. This is this is what I love about this podcast. The Wi-Fi might work, the Wi-Fi might not work. Let's just roll into these games before it goes off. Week twelve, Dara, I have to say you've picked some beezers here, mate. You have picked some absolute total beezers this week, and I'm excited to chat to you about it because we're now getting into to the season or the, just the point of the season where some teams have clinched, some some teams know exactly where they stand, but some teams are playing forever at the banana, and some teams are playing for absolutely nothing, which can be the most dangerous thing going for them as well. It just depends. Um, let's talk about the first game you've, you, that you've mentioned on this. Washington or uh, Oregon State. Can the Beavers, who have been very good, to say the least, uh, knock off the Huskies? Beavers have scored just 62 points against Stanford. Um, yeah. And you know they, they can compete with Washington's offense. Washington's offense has scored nearly 42 points a game on average this season. This is is the game of the Pac-12, isn't it, this year? It's such a good yeah. game, man. This is, a, like, a monumental game. I think this game, actually, it goes beyond just the sports, like, uh, beyond the field itself. This is so big for the sport. You're thinking about the fact that we've realigned it next year. Oregon State aren't in a conference next year. They're getting kicked out. And, you know, like, to be the team that's left without a conference next year, be lowered to a group of five or whatever's going to happen with Oregon State, it's the fact that they are, as my lights just flicker on and off here, it's the fact that um, they're favoured against a top five opponent in this game. And that's just crazy. Like, it's it's an undefeated opponent going on the road as two and a half point underdogs. Um, what really exciting about this one is it's going to be such an offensive game. This is two top 10 passing offences. Michael Penix Jr. is probably is my pick for the Heisman right now. And then you're thinking DJ Young led for Oregon State is just incredible. And Washington State have the 125th ranked passing defence in college football. So this is, I know some of that might be because opponents need to pass to catch up with Oregon or to keep pace with Washington's offense. But this is a, a battle of two explosive offenses. And like, I mean, 
it could go, really go either way. Oregon State have only two losses all year by a combined six points. They've won nine straight at home. Um, like I'm then on the Washington side of things, like if they're an unbeaten Pac-12 champion, which they're on pace to be right now, you're not going to leave them out of the playoff. But there is a scenario where if they lose this week and then they go on to win the Pac-12, they could be one a one-loss Pac-12 champion and not make the playoff. We've seen that happen before. It's not unheard of. All it would take is Alabama to beat Georgia, and you know, therefore, probably Georgia would probably make it anyway as a one-loss team. So that's what you're sort of up against there, and the fact that other teams around other parts of the US are so so strong at the minute. But this really is a must-win game for for Washington and obviously for Oregon State as well. I'm just jealous you can pronounce Ugalay. Yeah, I know. Oh, I, wow. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Something about the I actually learned how to how to say all the like Hawaiian names. Like I think it's like A G makes an ung sound, that's why you've got two tongue of Valoa. You know? <laughs> We're cooking. <laughs> I'm jealous, man. I'm jealous. I literally two is what, two, three years in the league now and I still can't pronounce the name properly. It's not good. Trying. I really am trying. We 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 will see the crack. Um we we've seen though it's it's a really equal game, it's equal in talent. You can see Oregon State have a really balanced attack behind this run game as well. Are you picking a team? Like, I might take the home team and just be safe here, but are you picking a team to win this game, or do you think it's just too close to call? Um, like, this has been, I'm never really a big, like, you know, I don't really have a team in college football. Like, I, I like Notre Dame, I like Penn State and all, but this year I've really, really sort of sided with Washington. I call them at the start of the year and I've settled five million times in this podcast that I think Washington are one of the best teams in America and that I think they're going to make the playoffs. So just to, I'm rooting for myself selfishly in that there that I, I, I want Washington to win on a sort of bit of a homerism. I'm a massive Michael Phoenix Jr. fan. And so I think like they mm-hmm. could get over the line. I'm surprised to see their underdogs, to be honest, because I mean, they haven't lost yet, but, but who knows? You say you don't have a college team, right? But obviously you're a big Packers fan and we all know you're a big Packers fan. I seen a rumor the other day that Wisconsin are going to play Pitt in Dublin in 2027. Am I old to this party? Is this the first time you've heard this? I can see it by your reaction. Yeah, I haven't heard that either. Um, that could be interesting. And yeah, yeah, I mean, I like I like Wisconsin too. They play a putrid brand of football. Um, it's disgusting. They play good defense and don't know how to pass the ball. But and I, ever since Russell Wilson, that's been the case. But um, I like yeah, I like them because a lot of Packers fans like them. But other than that. My interest, what I found is that Packers fans like college football less than any other NFL fans. Like, they don't care. They, they're just NFL only. So I tweet things about college football and, like, nobody cares. It's pretty sad. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I, I seen for people listening to this in Ireland, the UK and Europe, and we'll, we, we will get back to the football in a second, but I seen the rumor is that they're in final negotiations around it. That's all I said. I will link you up after this year. I've seen it, like, it's been out for a month online. And I only seen it the other day, so time will tell. That might be interesting in terms of pit and stuff. We'll, we'll see. Yeah. Um, Georgia, Tennessee. Georgia have already, as you said, Gar won the SEC East, but this is going to be a very, very difficult environment for them to go into. You know, can Brock Bowers, can the Bulldogs really pounce on a Tennessee team that is quite wounded? Like they've played. The Bulldogs have played back to back top twenty-five teams. They've scored an average of eighty-two points in wins against Missouri and Ole Miss. They now go up against Tennessee, a program that's lost. To that Missouri team, thirty-six to seven. It seems like Dara, and I don't want to jinx myself here, but it just seems like they're a wee bit unstoppable at the minute. 
Yeah, they're firing on all cylinders at the minute. It's like uh, this is a matchup where you've got one team coming in off of an absolutely beat down, emphatic victory, and the other team on the other end of things, Tennessee got blown out by Missouri last week. So you would think in that sense that this is going to be a walkover game. There's plenty of things to say that it won't be. Tennessee have won 14 straight at home, which is really, really impressive. Uh, their all, all of their losses over the last few years have come on the road. So this is the team that Nealon Stadium, one of the biggest stadiums in college football, one of the loudest stadiums in the world, is really like a massive home field factor here. Georgia embarrassed Tennessee last year, and I think that's also going to be something that uh, like fuels the fire a little for, for Tennessee here. In terms of the game itself, like um, the script to beat Georgia is still the same. You know, you got to run the ball consistently well the entire game and just pressure. And the, some teams have been able to do that, but where the issue lies is that then they can't stop Georgia's offense. you got to pressure Tarsh and Beck. That's what nobody's been able to do so far. Tennessee have a, like a great running game. So, you know, the first part of this dynamic is very attainable, but their pass rush is, it's, it's above average, but it's not particularly, you know, worldly different. So Georgia have come up against better pass rushes and dismantled them. So there's no reason why they can't do the same here. Um, but yeah, like it's it's an interesting game. It's going to be Georgia's toughest road environment of the year, and it probably will remain that way because you know as we get into the later games, they sort of become more neutral. Like the championship games and the playoff games are sort of neutral. Uh, NFL sort of feels they're not they don't match that college football atmosphere. So yeah, I think Georgia will have that extra like just extra edge in terms of Brock Bowers and the two offensive defensive lines are just so superior at the moment. You could say that Georgia's defense might not be as good with his pass rush. Your defense um, has allowed just 16 points a game, but their secondary is elite uh, and their tackling has been unreal. And what you're saying about Brock Byers there as well, like, I agree. It just seems like a game that they'll sort of come away from. I guess we're both in the same fence, Georgia. That's yeah. just. Yeah, yeah, I think so. Like, yeah. And as you say, like, I, I didn't hit it that myself yet. Georgia's pass coverage, you know, at the minute is one of the best that we've ever seen in college football. It's better than previous editions of this Kirby Smart Georgia defense. They're a little better. They're a little worse against the run, but they make up for it with just well, like a ridiculously good secondary, as you said. Are we now calling this Diggy's Game of the Week? Is this now a thing? Diggy's Game of the Week. They're like, yeah, Diggy Hammer or something, or something like that. R.I.P. Digging. Yeah. He's suspended. He's he's done a Jim Harbaugh. He's suspended. <laughs> Here, like, it's mad that we haven't even talked about that. Like, that that's... <laughs> I, I feel mad because literally, so for, for people listening... The last two weekends, you boys have been firing stuff in the group chat, and I've just been in Frankfurt. Like, again, not not even just that. Like, obviously, caught up with ten six games and whatnot. Here, don't even start. <laughs> don't don't even start. You, look, you were missed. I I, I I will say it now. Diggin was offered to go, and I think he does regret it. He hasn't said it yet, but I think he does. Um, Diggin's game of the week is North Carolina going to Clemson. Number twenty two, North Carolina are and the Tar Heels looking trying to make an sec title game they know they have to beat clemson this week remember clemson folks? do you remember clemson well, they're bad. Notre, notre dame definitely remember clemson anyway um <laughs> uh north carolina going to death valley just in time for what can only really be described as a hell of a surge by the tigers in the late part of this season they've won two straight they've got at least 31 points they're playing like a playoff team dara and Look, this is a game where Drake May has been unreal for North Carolina. It's an offense that leads the SEC in scoring 40 points a game. But you just feel like, I just feel like 
this perception and this level at which Clemson are playing at now can't be maintained for any more than the next two or three weeks. Like, I watched another Dame game and now I'm going for this weekend. I, I, I think Tar Heels go in, I think they win. Yeah, it's <laughs> like, I think Clemson they might be back, but as you say, like, it's hard to know if that was just a. Uh, do you, do you think they're definitely but like I mean are you really are you really sad not like it seems no, like a so low hard to know because are they in a purple patch right now or are they like you know we're back to old Clemson because the last couple of weeks this team is looking one of the best teams in college football they're about one of the strongest four loss teams they're currently six and four they're about the strongest four loss team you'd ever meet in college football right now they're favored by seven points against the team right 20th in in the playoffs like this is a really really North Carolina are admittedly not on their hottest patch right now. They've fell off a little bit, especially defensively. I think the last three teams, three proper teams, like I think they played on FCS school last week, but their last three proper teams to face them all scored 35 or so points, uh, maybe 31, and then two teams put up 40. They beat Duke in overtime, took took them to overtime, and it was 47-45 that game. You can see something similar here. You can see fireworks because Clemson's offense right now is rallying. Like I think both teams should score 30 in this game well i mean yeah both teams could score 40 they should score mm-hmm. 30 um and when uh, on top of that like i think clemson do hit 30 in this game it's about 10 drake may and north carolina match that this is a, obviously a massive game for drake may's draft stock because you know you're not going to get many tougher environments than facing the clemson defense in death valley that's that's you know what what really puts the hair on a, on a rookie uh, on a draft prospects chest as that game there so yeah excited to see this one i, I wish biggie was here to give us his take on it as this is game of the week uh, hopefully we have him back and uh jared eaton you know be a little bit safer on him in the future so yeah excited to see this one um i think i think oh, i don't know it's a difficult game north carolina being seven point underdog scares me because it's kind of like you know what do what do like the lines makers know? Because you know, this could be, this could be a Clemson walkover. They're just at that level at the moment, so it's, it's really difficult to know. I'm, I'm afraid to pick one in this game. Could be in the big word as well. And like you're talking about Drake May, he was seen as a guy that could win the Heisman this year, and he's he's just went to the point now where it's like, no, absolutely not. And you've mentioned it there, 47-45 against Duke. When they played Georgia Tech, they conceded 46 points, and when they could played Virginia, they conceded mm. 31. That's the last three SEC games they've had. That's not good. No. So you you know you'd look at the over there definitely. Yeah, I think I think near sure it was around fifty eight or something. Which I'm mm-hmm. I'm going over. One team scored thirty points in this game. The other team shouldn't be far behind. Is the way I look at this. So you know that that one lie right around 50 eight as a good over under for this game. But yeah, I would push the over. Have a bit of crack. You know, don't bet the under ever. You never bet the under ever ever. Iowa, Iowa, Bethany, Iowa under. Iowa Northwestern two weeks ago had the lowest over under for a college game in history, and it still hit the under. <laughs> the game finished like ten seven or something. <laughs> I feel like you were either on that podcast and brought that up, or it was me and Diggin. I can't remember anymore. Was that the week that Colorado won? I remember talking about it. I thought that was the first. <laughs> Obviously, Northwestern have got their man now as well. They got the head coach in yeah. full time as well. I woke up to that news this morning, so. Um, interesting to see what they're going to be like this year they've really exceeded expectations i think the over under wins for them in vegas was 0.5 so yeah, well which is them. half as many wins as they have in the Aviva. so oh that's i mean do you think they'll come back ever after all that um, 
I don't know. They weren't really. It was kind of a Nebraska yeah. show that game. Like that was, uh, you know, felt like a Nebraska home game for large parts of it. I wouldn't know. You're the man asking. Time that. will tell. I, I'm. I'm not. Believe me. I'm keeping my mouth shut these days. But right, Louisville, Miami. We're we're flying through this. A nice week, quick one this week. Um, the big question is this: Can Jack Plummer lead the Cardinals to a victory? They have a really clear path to the CFE playoff if they can win out. They have to win. But this is a massive game for them. You know, like if you look at the Cardinals, they're nine and one this season. They've only got one loss against. Pitts, which was a massive surprise, 38 to 21. Um, Jeff Brom has done a massive, massively and commendable job this year in his first year with the Cardinals. But we're only 11 weeks in. He now has to go up against Miami, who literally fell short last week against Florida State. This is a game where he really, really needs to try and get a win against them against the Miami team that's going to be Fumbling at the mouth, they're going to be fuming after that game last week. Obviously, a huge rivalry game last week against FSU, who are flying a whole different conversation. But I find this really difficult to, to pick this one. You know, can the Cardinals get to 10 wins? Can Miami pick up and go from there? I'm going to take the Cardinals by a field goal in a very, very tight but entertaining game. Yeah, well, I'm definitely rooting for, for Louisville to win this because, as you said, their path to the playoff is very very clear they essentially just need to win over or maybe other games they've only got one loss and they will i think if it's not confirmed yet it will should be confirmed this weekend with a win that they would play florida state in the sec championship game so that would mean winning this game would put them as a you know one loss team in the top 10 of the playoffs then you go ahead and beat the number four ranked team win the acc with one loss all year probably a really really strong chance that they make the college football playoff on that resume now, that being said, it's unlikely. I mean, they'll be big underdogs against Florida State, and there you are, even underdogs are one-point underdogs here against Miami on the road. So, you know, they're, Louisville's a team that doesn't really do anything great, but they don't do anything terribly either. You know, they're uh, consistently, you know, everything is in order, all their ducks are in a row, if you want to put it like that. You know, they've got strong, just just casually a strong team all over the, all over the field. So... You know, maybe not the most thrilling team. That's probably why they're the lowest ranked of the one-loss teams. But you know, like as I say, you can't rule them out as a you know a sleeper or a dark horse to make the playoff. Miami, on the other hand, they have a really strong run defense. That's kind of what they hang their hat on, which really works in their favor because they're never out of games. By that, I mean that when a team goes up on Miami and starts rolling the ball and chewing the clock Miami just stop you and make you punt and so they end up getting this kind of unlimited supply of chances to come back in games like you know they could be down by 14 points but they're still probably going to have a one possession chance to win the game at the end so that's just what they do really really well and so that's why you can never have Miami don't really get blown out it's like a it's just the way this team operates so I mean I'm looking forward to this one is probably one of the lesser talked about games of the week, but definitely one with massive stakes because if Louisville win, they're probably going to find themselves, well, still find themselves in the top 10. They might actually go up a place or two and then they're well in contention to make the playoffs down the stretch. We have some other interesting games this week. We've got Sam Hartman playing Wake Forest for the first time since he oh. left. Yes. Huh? I didn't actually I didn't actually see that game. That should be a good one, yeah. Um, he was Baden's last game. Like, yeah, I know he's. Yeah. We pretend we didn't see that. 
Dublin Sam Hartman. He has our heart. All I can think of is the face he gave to Connell Diggan when he asked me a question. <laughs> That's all I can think of. Uh, well, uh, obviously, we've talked about Tennessee, Georgia. There is one game that I'm forgetting about. Arizona, Utah is a really interesting yeah. one in terms of trying to get uh, Texas and Iowa State is a big game this weekend in the Big 12. The top of the Big 12 is like manic at the minute. It's going to be Texas versus someone, but like Oklahoma State were in prime position. They got absolutely hammered by UCF last week. So it's it's just no one knows who's going to win on any given week. Uh, but yeah, that, that'll be an interesting one for Texas. A quick podcast, a nice podcast. Uh, no mm-hmm. Wi-Fi issues at all. Um, no. It's funny that whenever Diggin wasn't here, we actually had Wi-Fi issues. But uh, Dara, I, I know it's been a hassle getting this done this week in terms of times, busy schedule. You're obviously a superstar now, so... We, we 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 definitely appreciate it. Appreciate everybody listening. This is well. I hope if you're watching the games this weekend, do tag us in any posts on X and Instagram. And uh, have you anything else to say, Dar? Is there any other pick that you have this week that you want people to know of, or any betting tip? Because I believe you may enjoy a ten or twenty p bet. Uh, yeah, don't tell the uh, hardship fund ones that I might dabble in a, a Sean Graham's bet from time to time. <laughs> Oh my no, god, uh, that's incredible. I'm just gonna put it out there. That, that's actually incredible. Uh, Phoenix to win the Heisman, just look at well, I don't know. Marvin Harrison Ooh. Jr. is is, oh. is in there. See, JJ McCarthy is like maybe favorite or second favorite, I know, but they don't run, they don't throw the ball, they just run it all the time. Michigan, so there's no, I don't know, JJ McCarthy and Trillick double. There you go, yeah, jo- up Jody Gormley. <laughs> On that note, folks, thank you so much for listening. This has been the PFI College Football Show. <laughs> uh, we'll see you next week when the full squad are back for uh, the last week, the emotional last week before mm-hmm. all the fun starts. Chat to you soon, folks. Thank you. Mm-hmm.